It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, coming off National Sign Day, how you feeling? I'm exhausted. That was a long day. We did about uh, 15 or so posts on the site, so glad it's behind me and uh, can focus on some Titans once again. Yes, yeah, so uh, before we get started tonight, we will remind you, as always, Terry and I write for MusicyMiracles.com, um, covering the Titans for SB Nation, so you can check that out. We have a ton of stuff going up there every day. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. We have a Twitter account for the podcast now, at LockedOnTitans, so follow that. Um, we asked for some questions there today, so we'll do that from time to time, and we'll do that through that account. So follow it there. We'll post the, the episodes there and all that stuff. Um, so anyway, tonight we're going to jump into a few of those questions. Before we do that, the Titans held uh, media availability for the coaching staff today. Um, the coordinators and coaches, Vrabel was not involved. But um, so I got to hear for the first time from Dean Pease and Matt LaFleur, uh, you know, in, in their official capacity as Titans coordinators. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by both guys. Um, you know, obviously time will tell. We haven't seen, you know, the game plans they're going to put together here or anything that anything of that nature. That one obviously won't happen until later on. But um, I, I thought Dean Pease did a really good job. It kind of before he even took any questions at the press conference, he basically gave the story on why he decided so quickly to come out of retirement and basically just said, you know, he had decided before the year last year that, that 2017 was going to be his last season, um, said that, that Harbaugh actually offered him a contract extension there. Um, but he decided he wanted to retire. Then a couple weeks into retirement, kind of decided it wasn't for him. Um, and so when Vrabel called him a couple times, he decided to come on back and talked about the attractiveness of coaching with Vrabel, uh, you know, coaching for Vrabel, a guy that played for him, uh, in New England, and then um, the the attractiveness of the city of Nashville uh, about how his wife wanted to be here and that kind of stuff. So um, it sounded like a guy that wants to be here, uh, not a guy that you know was really you know all in retirement and then just kind of came back as a favor. Like I mean, I think he did to some extent come back as a favor to Vrabel, but also a guy that still has that desire to coach. Said he signed a multi year deal, so um, you know just good to hear that. And then hearing Lafleur talk offense, go listen to the to the press conference. They were I watched them on Facebook Live, so I'm so I'm sure they're still there. They're probably on the team site as well. But um, just hearing him talk about how he's going to tailor the offense to the personnel, which is obviously something different than what we had here. Talking about getting Marcus to play with confidence. Um, so I mean, he didn't he didn't come out and say that it looked like Marcus wasn't playing with confidence last year? But if you're if you're reading between the lines there, I, I think you can you can kind of take that away from from his comments. And then you know he also said that you know we're gonna be we're gonna have Marcus in meetings and we're gonna expect him to tell us if if there are things that we put in that, that he doesn't like. Um, and you know talked about how Marcus is such a nice guy and that that might be hard for him. But I don't know. It, it's just it's really refreshing to hear the coaching staff come in look at being willing to look at the personnel and decide what they're going to do based off of that not we have our scheme here's what we're going to run regardless of who's out there yeah and that's how it should be and that's what we didn't have with the last staff so uh i don't know how you can't be excited after listening to what lafleur had to say uh how he's going to lean on the run game and how 
the run game is going to tie into the passing game, so it sounds like there's going to be a ton of play action. Uh, Rams led the league in play action plays last year, uh, where the Titans were, I believe, 10th. So uh, we know how good Marcus Mariota is off the play action already. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the, you know this new staff can can kind of maximize that ability. Uh, so and he talked about being aggressive and getting big plays. You know, he, he said you can't dink and dunk your way down the field. And he said the defenses are too good. You got to have those chunk plays. Uh, and that to me sounds like he wants to be aggressive. He wants to take some shots down the field. Uh, but that also means he, you know, when he wants to generate big plays in the game, you know, he want to, wants to get big chunks with Derrick Henry, and, and that involves getting him some lanes to run in, which we didn't see a whole lot of last year. So, uh, just just excited, really, for the, the offense to to have a new leadership and yeah. calling the shots and some fresh ideas because, yeah, we really deserve that here in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been kind of brutal on that front. And, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that he did say was talking about, you know, making plays that start out looking the same but end up different. Um, so, you know, like you said, marrying the run game and the passing game there and obviously talking about play action. Um, and, and so, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And I, I don't know, it's just gonna, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to have an offense from, you know, this century and ha- have an offense. He talked about, you know, playing fast. And how they, they want guys out there just just reacting, basically, not not having to do a whole lot of thinking, playing fast and getting out there. And we know, you know, how well Marcus did in the in the no huddle and that kind of stuff when he was just out there playing. Um, not, not, I feel like the other stuff he was. Uh, there was too much thinking going on, and, and I think that he just kind of got confused with everything that was happening. And so they're going to run an offense that, that's more like what he used to run at Oregon. Um, and LaFleur said, you know, we'll go back and look at what he's done to be successful in the NFL, what he did to be successful at Oregon, and do our best to, to get that stuff together and, and you know, put, a, put in something that, that he's comfortable with. So obviously, again, that's just, we're, we're just really excited to hear that, probably probably a little bit too excited. <laughs> but based on what we had before, uh, it, it's just a breath of fresh air. So, like I said, there's no, no game plans or anything. We won't see any of that till later on. But you feel good about where this group is going. Okay, so we asked for questions earlier today on uh, the Twitter account, and we got a few. So we'll run through those. Uh, the first one we got was from uh, South Texas Titan, and he asked if if Pat O'Hara is the right choice for Marcus, or will Lafleur have more of an impact? Um, yeah, we don't know. I mean, I mean, it's tough to know with position coaches, and uh, really tough to know who's good. I mean, you know, everybody assumes that that Kerry Coombs is this great defensive backs coach because you know he had Lattimore and he had Garyon Conley and he had Eli Apple. You know, everybody's like, oh, look, look how good he was. Well, those guys are really good. Now, not to say that he didn't coach them up. But, you know, it's just hard to know with position coaches. I did think it was interesting that uh, LaFleur said today that he didn't know Pat O'Hara uh, before, you know, they're, they're now together on this Titan staff. He didn't know Mike Vrabel. So, I mean, Vrabel has a good job of, of assembling a staff and trying to get the, the guys that he thinks are the best fit for these, for these positions. Um, but, you know, time will tell on that. I go back to listening to Greg Cosell in the Midday 180 uh, a few weeks ago when they were talking about interviewing LaFleur for the head coaching job and uh, about how well Cosell said LaFleur coaches quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think obviously it's going to be a joint effort. I think that it's safe to say that with these two guys, you're going to have – much better communicators and a much better, um, you know, uh, 
coaching, attention to detail, all that stuff with them than we had with Terry Robisky and Jason Michael. Yeah, to, to me, it's Lafleur because you know you're talking about changing up the entire scheme, you're talking about maximizing a scheme to Mariota's strengths, which we've already said the other staff didn't do. Uh, yeah, just getting the receivers on the same page as, as Marcus Mariota would, would do him the most good, more good than any coaching could do. Uh, so it, for me, it's more scheme related. I, I don't know enough about Pat O'Hara, uh, like Jimmy was saying. Uh, we don't know. You know, nobody's going to know unless they're in the room there. So uh, I'm I'm sure it's, it's, it is kind of interesting that they didn't know each other, though. Uh, I'm not really sure how that works. But uh, I'm excited to see LaFleur's scheme. You know, you saw him, for example, you, you saw him work that screen against the Titans. Uh, you, you know, obviously he didn't call the plays, but they obviously picked up on that, uh, and they called it, and the Titans could not stop it. So just little things like that. I mean, it's really simple. It's kind of crazy how difficult the last staff made things on themselves here. Uh, just just run plays that work. At the end of the day, it's that simple. Yeah, and again, it's just going to be fun to watch <laughs> them look for things like that and try to attack them. Uh, next question was from Charles Brown at El, du- El Deuce Brown on Twitter. Um, free agents of interest for the Titans and cap room. So... It's always tough to speculate on free agents this early. Um, you know, there there are plenty of lists out there that of guys that are scheduled to become free agents. But the thing is, you know, teams can negotiate with their own guys up to a point. So a lot of these guys that are supposed to hit the market weren't hitting the market. Um, as far as cap space goes, the Titans have uh, let's see, what's the number? I think it's like forty nine million uh, available for two thousand eighteen. Um, and that's like eighth or ninth in the league. So yeah, forty nine, one hundred three, two six eight, according to OverTheCap.com. Um, so you know, a, a good number. Part of that's just the product of them, you know, the drafts being bad and not having anybody to to really pay. They're going to have to do a deal with Taylor Lewan at some point. He's under contract for eighteen on you know the fifth year option, but they will. I would imagine they do a long term deal with him at some point. Uh, before maybe before the season starts, but I would imagine definitely before the season's over this year. Um, but other than that, I mean, obviously at some point you got to pay you got to pay Marcus Mariota, but you know there's not there's not any other really guy that you've got that's waiting that you're going to spend a bunch of money on. Now, as far as free agents go, like I said, I just pulled up a list on Walter Football here, and you know Le'Veon Bell, Demarcus Lawrence, Andrew Norwell, Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo are the top five. Odds are none of those guys actually hit the market. Six is Malcolm Butler, um, a guy that I think at this point we all assume is going to hit the market. Uh, but anyway, we talk more about you know positions than actual guys. Um, you can maybe find your complimentary running back in free agency. You've got some guys, Deion Lewis, Jerry McKinnon, um, that, would be, that would be good to fill that role. Uh, now, you don't want to break the bank for those guys, so see, kind of see what the market is there. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they'd be opposed to bringing in another cornerback if he's a guy that can they can shut things down. I know you're not as, as high on that being a need. And then the biggest need of all is pass rusher. But like we were talking about before we jumped on here, those guys just don't hit the market. It seems like those guys go free. So you're probably going to have to find that guy in free agency. Um, one, one other position, just real quick, and I'll, I'll let you elaborate as much as you want, but um, nose tackle, which is another question that we had uh, ab- that somebody wanted us to talk about tonight. I'm trying to figure out 
see who it was real quick, Wesley Morgan on Twitter, um, you know, asked about nose tackle. And, and I think that should be a thing the Titans are looking at. Um, you've got Sylvester Williams, but, you know, you kind of poo-pooed that signing from the time that it happened and turned out to be, you know, not much more than, uh, you know, a, a rotational guy. So there's a couple of guys, Don Terry Poe being one of them, that, that could be on the market. So that could be something they look at in free agency. Yeah, nose tackles are interesting because uh, the NFL is changing. You don't see the big 6'6", 350-pounders anymore that just plug a hole and don't move. So Sylvester Williams is a guy that can move around. He, you know, Going back to college, he had a great first step. Uh, he was a one-gap penetrator. Uh, and they played him at nose, so I thought the fit was weird, and it turned out to be weird. Uh, and he didn't play a, a ton of snaps, all things considered. So... Um, and it's interesting when you kind of marry that to Dean Pease and, and his comments today. He said he wanted to build from the inside out. And the Titans were pretty good on the inside. They just don't have that presence in the middle. Um, so, yeah, it's been something. Nose tackle has been a position that we've talked about for years, and I feel like they've just done absolutely nothing to address it. Uh, so, And it's not really something that you're going to go spend a first-round pick on because you don't need the elite athlete there. You just need the guy with some strength and, and some size. Uh, so those guys can be found on day two, day three, uh, late in free agency. So uh, not a huge deal, uh, not a huge priority, I don't think. But uh, it's something that, that they definitely need to address. As for the rest of free agency, you know, everybody wants to sign all the free agents. You know, we'll get to next month and everybody will be mad that John Robinson signed everybody available. But, you know... It's real easy to get into cap trouble. Like you were saying, you're going to have to pay Mariota. You're going to have to pay Taylor Lewan. You're going to have to pay Jack Conklin down the line. The list goes on and on. So if you draft well, you want to use that cap to extend your own guys, and you just kind of want to plug holes with free agents. So before this year, you know, we really didn't see free agency pay off. Obviously, you saw it with the Jaguars and you saw it with the Giants. But I still don't think that's a way to sustain success. Because at one point, you're going to be in cap hell. I mean, you're going to have some money problems. So I would much rather see them take what John Robinson has been doing, you know, just filling subtle needs, getting adding a role player here and there. You know, they got a, they got Logan Ryan, who is an impact guy. Uh, but I, I'd, I'd much rather him not go crazy in free agency. Yeah, and they're not going to. I mean, John Robinson has right. made it pretty clear that that's not what he wants to do. Um, that's not the Patriots. You know, the Patriots do sign free agents. You know, I think a lot of people just write them off as well. They don't ever sign anybody in there, but but they they have a specific need that they that they find, and if they, they if they identify a guy that can fill that, they'll throw money at it. But they're not just out there signing everybody. So uh, I mean, I think that's what we're going to see here, and I think we're probably maybe even still one more offseason away from there being a spot to where John Robinson identifies a guy and says, hey, if we go get him, whatever position it ends up being, if we go get him, he puts us over the top. He makes us a Super Bowl contender, so we'll pay him. I think when we get to that point, when the Titans get to that point, 
they'll be willing to do some of that. But I just don't think we're there yet. And like you said, we're not going. They're not going to sign four guys on the first day of agency, and then all of a sudden think they're going to have this great team. So you got to draft well, and you got to have guys to sign. So I mean, that that's kind of that, that's why they have so much money right now is just because they don't. The, the, there's not there's not just a bunch of guys waiting in the wings. So um, that'll be something that, that that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, we've got I think one or two more questions that we will hit coming up right after this. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So there was another question in here about players to watch at the Combine. And we'll, we'll do, trust me, we'll have plenty of, of information on guys at the Combine. We haven't really dove into that yet um, just because it's still a couple of weeks away. Uh, you know, the, the guys that we'll be watching, I, I think the most closely will be those edge guys, um, you know, because that's, that's, that's the Titans' biggest need. That's the one position that I think they could draft that could come in and make a huge impact for this team. Um, and those guys are always really fun to watch at the Combine because, you know, they're these huge guys that run these ridiculous 40 times and can jump really high and all that stuff. Um, and there's always a guy or two that – his stock goes crazy at the combine because he's a, a, a an athletic freak. Um, but you've got to you know try to marry that with the tape and and kind of thing else. It, it's it, you want to use, I guess, both indicators as, as to how you evaluate a guy like that. Yeah, and like you said, it. I mean, pass rushers, it, the combine is their time to shine. So a lot, plenty of teams will have thresholds that they want these pass rushers to meet. They want to see their three cone. They want to marry that with their their 40-yard dash, they want to see how explosive they are in their jumps. So uh, guys like Harold Landry, uh, Mar- Marcus Davenport, Arden Key, guys like that, you know, Jeff Holland, Sam, Hu- Sam Hubbard, um, that's all going to be a huge week for them at the Combine. And, you know, hopefully by then we'll be able to, to key in a little more on, on some of the guys that the Titans will be interested in. John Robinson, luckily, has made it pretty easy for us in, in the last couple of years, uh, just really using production as his main metric to go off of. So uh, not a lot to talk about yet on the combine. Um, we're going to dive in fully on this draft stuff here, uh, along with free agency in the coming weeks, though. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, we, we've gone from – it's funny how these different general managers look at things differently. Um, you know, we had those those Jeff Fisher years where, I mean, he wasn't a GM in name, but he was the one calling the shots. And, 
you know, they were drafting guys like Chris Henry and Paul Williams who had zero production in college, but went to the combine, put up really good numbers, and, and they fell in love with them. Um, and, and so, again, that, that's not what you want to see. You don't want them to to you know dismiss the tape because because a guy does well at the combine. But I think you can use kind of both as an indicator, and that's what we've seen from John Robinson. And so I, I don't think there's really any reason to, to expect it to be any different this year. Um, and, and like you said, he it, it's been pretty easy to find guys that that he would like. And I mean, you zeroed in on Corey Davis as a guy that John Robinson would fall in love with probably about this time last year. Um, and, and so, you know, but it's stuff like that, like you, you can kind of look at what they've done in the past and that gives you a, a good indicator of what they're going to do going forward. It, it could be a little bit different this year, just with the different coaching staff, uh, that they could have some different, you know, feelings on players than the, than the last coaching staff would have. Um, but again, I, I think we'll get a, a decent idea of anything like, you know, we're talking about like a zone blocking schemes, for instance, um, you know, if they sign a guard or two in free agency, that's different than than what they had last year. I mean, I, I think we'll get some some indications there, but you know, we'll kind of just have to watch it as it goes along and figure out what the what the biggest needs are, and then go from there. And I think again, I, I think you know, edge rusher is going to be at the top of that list, and I don't think that's a spot that they'll be able to fill in free agency. But we'll see any other needs that that kind of come about if they cut players or if they sign people. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy to talk about draft needs before free agency. Uh, I know we do it because it's fun to talk about, but yeah, you, know, you got to wait and see who these guys are gonna who's they're gonna cut. You know, who's gonna get re-signed? Who are they gonna sign? Who are they gonna add? So uh, you'll you'll get a much clearer picture probably about a month from now. Um, but you know, I think like you were saying, those edge rushers don't hit the market. So I, I think we're going to be firm in the Titans' need at number one being uh, a pass rusher. Yeah, and that's not to say necessarily they take one in the first round, but I think that will be their biggest need. Um, but you'd be in a scenario where you're looking at best player available, that kind of stuff. But anyway, we'll, like I said, we'll get more into that as we go along. Anything else that we didn't cover tonight? I think we hit it all. All right. So that'll do it for tonight. We'll be back next week. We're working on getting Dan Orlovsky on next week. Um, and like I said before, if, you, if you've heard any of his stuff, he's really good. Breaks it down really well. So we hope to have him on next week. And he's got some insight on LaFleur being in camp with the Rams last year. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll kind of let you know when that's going to happen. In the meantime, like I said, MuseumMiracles.com. We'll have plenty of stuff there. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Follow the podcast site at Locked On Titans. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to the Titans, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.